See, sin doesn't change God. It doesn't change his character. It doesn't change who he is. It only affects us. And he, he, he's not going to change by the fact that we change and the, by the fact that we've offended him. He still remains the same, that he is still loving. He is still gracious. He is still merciful. You have just tuned into the Being One Podcast. Hey, 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 it's your girl, Samantha Laguerre on the Being One Podcast, the podcast where we will embark on a journey to be one with Christ in our everyday lives as human beings. Hello, Kingdom Citizens. We're back with another episode. We are on episode 10, y'all, 10. Okay, um, and I know this episode is coming out late on Wednesday night, and I wanted to be honest because... You know, there might be people listening that just think, man, this girl just got it together. She's just like so perfect in a sense, you know. Um, And I wanted to be honest because, yeah, I'm just going to be because, of course, you know, you know me like y'all know me. I'm very open, very transparent, because if I'm not transparent, then what is the point? Right. So um, the reason why I'm going to be honest, the reason why this is coming out to you late is because I did have the episode and what happened is that it completely got deleted. Um, and this is the third time that it's happened. This is the third time that this happened to me. So the nights or the Wednesdays where you'll see an episode that comes out like later than usual is because I had to re-record um, the episode and then hurry up and get it up to you all. Um, and the reason why I'm saying this is because with this podcast and this platform that I have, um, I stay at Jesus's feet with this man because I never 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 want to come to you all and it's just Samantha like no like you know I want it to be everything to be spirit-led and I want the word to come from Jesus himself for you know us because like I said that we are walking hand to hand together so you know I want it for this to be um, a spirit-led podcast and for everything to be biblical and for everything to be sound, right? And for it to be the truth. And, um, you know, sometimes I will come and I'll try to present something in like, in a like perfect manner or, you know, all, you know, everything's good and together, whatever. But realistically, you know, there are times where, you know, I will come and I will, you know, say what I have to say, record something and I thought it was good. You know, I prayed, you know, prayed before recording and God's like, nope, that's not it. And um, it's just the weirdest thing ever. And but I just have peace that God just didn't want me to deliver it that way. And so it it's exciting to me or, you know, um, I like the fact that that happens because it's like, God, you're really on my side and you are being faithful in answering my prayer when I say, God, let this be you and not me. And so when he realizes or sees that, nope, I didn't want to deliver it that way, or no, I know that there's more in you and I need you to say it this way, he will literally get rid of it. And then I have to go and re-record. Um, so I just wanted to be honest because maybe you, you know, maybe you're frustrated because you tried um trying doing it one way and you know, you believe that God wanted you to do this and you did it one way. And then it just totally messed up. It didn't go how you planned. And now you have to restart it or redo it. And you just maybe feeling discouraged, like, man, maybe God doesn't want me to do this. But no, like, try it again. Maybe he, you know, he wants you to do it a different way. You know, lean really t- towards him. You know, like, 
acknowledge him in everything and um, really be open to be used and be open to new ways of, of thinking and new ways of doing whatever that you're doing, you know? So um, I just wanted to, to encourage y'all um, because I too, you know, stuff doesn't go as I plan all the times, but that's fine. You know, I, I make plans and God orders my steps and I just have to have peace, continue to have peace and just know that God is on my side um, and that this is for him, his people, and I'm just a vessel, right? I'm just a vessel. God doesn't like it that way. If I need to re-record, then guess what? I'm going to re-record. So, again, I apologize for this late um, upload. Um, I know there are people who, you know, waiting for me to post on Wednesdays, and I'm so sorry. Um, but, you know, listen, I'm just a vessel. I'm just a messenger. So, um, I pray that, you know, I believe that this this recording is going to be even better because this has happened to me again in the past. It's the third time. And the second time was always way, way better. Um, so, yeah. So I just wanted to, to bring that out. Yeah, we'll just get right into it. So um, as you can tell from the title of the message or <laughs> the title of this episode is titled Sin Hurts Us. Right. And that might sound a little bit confusing. Sin hurts us. Like, what do you mean sin hurts us? Um, so. I spoke about previously, I always refer back to beauty and obedience because beauty and obedience was so powerful, man. Like I, I love that episode, beauty and obedience like that. That's my favorite, really. Um, but beauty and obedience, I spoke about how, you know, when you are when you are disobedient, it's a sin or when you are disobedient, that there are consequences that you face. And I got questions that were asked, you know, man, so if we don't do what God says, then God's going to punish us or he's going to allow us to, you know, be depressed or have suicidal thoughts and all these different things, like as though God is punishing us, like, man, he's going to punish us with that or this. And it can be quite confusing because, you know, I'm always saying God is so gracious and he is so merciful. But hey, if you go and sin, you're going to face a consequence, you know, and like we want to be like, well, if God is so loving, then why should we face consequences? Right. See, um, so I'm going to go more in depth on that. And I believe that me personally, I'm so much more grateful that I that is consequences that I face than rather than punishment. And I'm going to go in depth on the definition of the two and where God stands and how sin really does hurt us. Um, I know, you know, growing up maybe or, you know, being in the faith, you felt as though sin was hurting God. And, you know, God is saddened by our sins and, you know, God's disappointed us and all these different things that we have um, believe happens when we sin. Um, today, I'm going to go deeper into why sin affects us, why sin hurts us more than it hurts God and his response to our sin and um, how we should respond when we sin, what our response should be. So we're talking about sin and it only makes sense for me to go back to the beginning when sin first happened. Um, and that, of course, was with um, Adam and Eve. You know, we all know the story about them eating of the fruit from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And, you know, and that was because the enemy, Satan, he was a snake. He does what snakes do. And that's to be sneaky. And he was sneaky and he tempted um, Eve. And then Eve, you know, gave the fruit to her husband. And that was sin. So sin wasn't because of the fact that they ate the fruit. Sin was because well, God created Adam um, and he, he had created the garden and he told Adam that you can eat of any anything. You, you have freedom to do anything here, but you should not eat from that tree. Right. So he set boundaries for Adam. He placed 
Adam in the garden and gave Adam everything that he needed, but had an exception that he told him that he could do everything except one thing, right? So the fact that Adam passed the boundary that God set, that's when he sinned. That was the sin. Because we're like, oh, wow, like he just ate a fruit and now we, we have all these troubles. He sinned. Like, man, God, he couldn't um, just forgive him. It was just a fruit. It wasn't the fruit in itself. Like, it wasn't just the fruit. It was the fact that God set the boundary and he went over the boundary and then that was the sin. Because when we go against what God says, that's a sin. So the fact that he did what God told him not to do was the sin. So that's what it is. So that happened, right? And, um, we know then, you know, God, there were consequences to what they did. There was consequences to their sin. So I just want to read what happened right after they sinned, what took place. And if you would go with me to Genesis 3, and again, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Verse 7, it states, it reads that at that moment, their eyes were opened and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. Right. So that first point, I want to just go ahead and talk. So at the moment they were open and they, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. OK, first point. They felt shame at their nakedness. Right. They were already naked. They were always naked. But now the fact that they ate of the fruit, the fact that they just committed a sin, they became aware of the fact that they were naked. Not only were they aware, but now they felt shameful. Now they felt guilty. Now they felt um, exposed, right? But they never had that before. It wasn't until they committed the sin that they now felt that, right? So what they did now, so when we sin sometimes, we try to cover up our sin, um, we lean on our own understanding and we try to figure out, oh man, how can I do this? When we are exposed, um, when we are open, when we are naked, we try to cover ourselves, right? So what they did is that they leaned on their own understanding and they realized and was, was shameful about the fact that they were naked. And so they went and sewed some fig trees together to cover themselves, right? Reading verse eight, it reads, when the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man, where are you? Okay. So God, because, you know, they were always in communion. They had a relationship. And so it was normal for God to come and, and talk to um, Adam and Eve, you know? They heard him coming and instead of being open and being there like they usually are, they they went and hid themselves. Right. And God, he's all knowing. Right. He knows that they just committed a sin. He knows that they are hiding, but he still gives them the opportunity to present themselves to him. And so he asks them, where are you? Right. So in verse 10, it says that um, Adam replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Verse 11 reads, who told you that you were naked? The Lord God asked, have you eaten from the true whose fruits I commanded you not to eat? Okay, so Adam's response to, to the fact that why he was hiding was because he heard God and he hid because he was afraid because he was naked. And God's response to him was, who told you that you were naked? You've been naked this whole time. Like, how how are you now 
aware of the fact that you are naked, right? And so I went to look up some synonyms for nakedness or, you know, a deeper definition of nakedness. Like, how can we see this deeper than what we're reading, right? And so for nakedness, there are other words that um, are synonym to it. And we have unqualified, exposed, uncovered, unguarded, helpless, powerless, defenseless, and unprotected. So they ate of the fruits and now they were shameful at the fact that they were naked. They were aware that they were naked and now they felt shame at the fact, right? So then when they heard God, they hid themselves. And he said, I was afraid because I was naked, right? They always had, thank you, Holy Spirit. They always had communion with God. They were, they were able to come to him, speak to him. It was normal, right? But after they sinned, now when they hear God coming, they went and hid themselves because he was afraid. And I was confused. I was like, why was he afraid? So many of us, sometimes we will be in right standing with God. We're doing everything right. And then we will sin. And all of a sudden we feel unqualified. We feel like um, we're not worthy enough to come before God. We're not worthy enough to be in his presence because of the fact that we just we just sinned. Right. And so he said, I was afraid. So he now Adam is operating in the flesh. Right. He realized they did something. They noticed that they were naked. And so they leaned on their own understanding. And instead of coming to God to ask God, look, God, we're naked. What should we do? He went and put together some fig trees to cover themselves. Now, God is calling out for them, looking for them. And they went and hid themselves. Why? Because they were afraid. They didn't feel righteous. You know, they didn't feel as though... um, they felt helpless. They felt unguarded. They didn't feel, they felt exposed, you know, and they were afraid of that. And so they hid themselves. God now asks them, who told you you were naked? It was never an issue before. You were always naked. Who told you you were naked? So the fact that this happened, the fact that they hid themselves, the fact that Adam is telling him that they were naked and that's why they hid. And God asked them, who told you you were naked? He realized, okay, I've always come to you before. We've always had community before. We've always had relationship before. Now, all of a sudden, I'm coming and you're hiding. All right. So that tells me one thing. You did what I told you not to do. And now you are experiencing the consequences of the sin because of the fact that you went outside the boundary. And so God asked them, so have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? So I wanted to stop there. And... um go a little bit deeper. So again, sin hurts us. Sin hurts us. Sin is whenever we offend God. So offending God is God setting boundaries for us, him giving us rules, him telling his him setting parameters and then us going against them or us passing those boundaries or going over those boundaries or parameters. Is us offending God because he he is our God. He is our Lord. He is our Savior. And so he set these boundaries. He set these parameters for our sake, not for his sake. He has control. It's not for him, but it's for us. Why? Because he loves us. And so he set these boundaries. He told them not to eat of the fruit because he knew that if they ate of it, they would now have knowledge of good and evil. But he wanted to keep them pure. He didn't want them to have that deeper understanding because if they did, he realized that they would begin to realize some things and begin to hide themselves from him. And that's not what he wanted because he always wanted for 
for us to have communion. He always wanted us to have a relationship with him. And he realized that if we were to sin, if we were to go outside of the boundaries that he set, that it would hurt us and cause us to hide from him. And again, we talked about the nakedness thing. So us going, us, I'm saying us, you know, Adam and Eve, us humans going outside of God's boundaries. Now we feel this sense of being unqualified. Sometimes we disqualify ourselves. We don't feel worthy enough anymore. Um, Outside of God's boundaries, we don't feel protected. Um, We feel defenseless. We feel powerless. We feel helpless, unguarded, uncovered, exposed, right? God knew this. And that's why he set these parameters. He set these boundaries so that we can always feel protected, that we can always feel safe, that we can always feel qualified because we are only doing what God is telling us to do. We are living according to his word. We are living according to his will and we have relationship with him. I I wondered, I was like, man, you know, why Adam did you just go and hide, you know? And um, I believe that at that moment, that's when they started to, actually when they realized that they were naked and they felt that shame, is when they begin to operate in the flesh. And a lot of us, sometimes we will sin, we will do something that offends God, and we automatically feel as though that we need to hide, that, oh, man, I can't come to God about this, so let me fix it for myself. You know, we try to help ourselves. Um, we try to lean, we lean on our own understanding. We try to figure things out for ourselves. You had sex, right? And so you're like, oh, man, I know God doesn't like that. Um, let me figure it out. Okay, let's just get married, you know, or, oh, man, I just had a child outside of wedlock. Oh, man, let's just hurry up and get married. You know, God will honor that. You know, let me fix it up, you know. Um, we try to fix things a lot ourselves. We try to lean on our own understanding because we realize what we did is offensive to God. And so I want to nip that in the butt right now. You know, religion made us feel as though that if we sin, that we were terrible people and that, um, you know, God is looking at us some type of way and he just turned his back on us. He don't like us no more, you know, or he doesn't love us anymore or we're just this evil person. Right. But that's not even true. Like we see, you know, when we hear offense, you know, when you offend someone, usually um, a person, that person who was offended most likely doesn't want to deal with you anymore or, you know, they don't like you anymore or they feel highly offended. And so you know, don't talk to me anymore. We ain't got to be cool anymore. I, you know, whatever, you know, that's the human, that's the flesh. That's how we operate, right? That definition of how humans operate in offense is not the same way God does. Yes, it's offensive to him because he created us and he set these boundaries because he loves us. And so when we go outside of this, it, it's a, it's an offense, you know, we're offending him, but he is not a God that just, oh, they offended me up. Oh, I told them to do this and they didn't do that. All right, bet. They can just figure it out for themselves. So let me just, uh, I'm going to turn my back and I'm going to just worry about these over here. No, that's not God. Like God, we can offend him, but his arms are still wide open, wanting for us to still come to him. And the reason why I say this is because of the fact that God knows everything. So he knew what was going on. He realized that um, Adam and Eve ate of the fruit And he still came to commune with them. Like he still came to to um, have relations with them, that he still was willing and wanting to communicate with them and to them, although they sinned. Right. And so don't feel as though because you committed a sin or you did something that that offends God or offensive to God, that God just turns his back and he doesn't want to deal with us anymore. No, like he's still coming to you. He's still, you know, 
wanting to speak to you. He's still wanting to know what happened. How was your day? Why do you feel like you can't come to me? He he that's God that he's just so loving and he's so gracious that even when we offend him, he's still looking to pursue us. You know, we don't get that with humans. When we offend someone, they're not coming in looking to to be friendly with us still or coming to pursue us. No. You know, they go about their day. Like they don't want to deal with us anymore. But that's not God. And so I just wanted to nip that in the butt right then right right here, right now. That's that's not God. That's not that's not his way of of dealing with offense. Well, we're going to continue. Um, so yeah, so all that happened, right? That was a sin that they committed, but God still wanted relation. So it, the sin didn't affect God. It didn't change who God was. It didn't change who God is. He still was loving. He still was gracious. He still came and, and wanted to communicate with them. He still wanted to, to speak to them. He still wanted his presence to be known, that they still felt his presence, although they sinned. But what happened is that sin hurt us. Sin affects us. So when God is trying to manifest his presence, when he is trying to be in our lives and, and, and direct us and talk to us, because of, of sin, we've hidden ourselves, right? We've hidden ourselves. We've disqualified ourselves. Um, we're leaning on our own understanding. And so it affects us. It doesn't affect God in the relationship. It affects us in the relationship. And so instead of looking towards God, what happens is that we turn our backs to him and we're trying to figure it out for ourselves, walking down a path that is not of God, that is of our own understanding. And we're going, we're, we're, we're the ones who are going farther from God. God stays where he is. He, he, he's always there, but we're the ones who, who turn from him because of sin. They're still, you're still able to have a relationship and, and God's still wanting to have that relationship, but it's the sin that affects us. It's the sin that hurts us and, and it hinders our, our own relationship with God. Um, and I love, if we go down to verse 20, Verse 21, although they just committed a sin, y'all, although they committed a sin, God clearly told them what they should not eat, what they should not do. They had to, they were able to do anything. And he said, but one thing. And God easily could have said, listen, um, he could have put this big old gate around it or, you know, he could have blocked it to where they could have not had access to it, but he still allowed them to have access. Why? Because he trusts us. He, he tells us, listen, you have free will. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, you're not robots. I'm not going to um, sit here and treat you guys like children and, and just box up everything that you guys shouldn't touch. No, I'm going to allow you to, you know, see things, do things, but I'm going to set boundaries, right? He wants to see if we're going to obey the boundaries because we have free will. So, Although they committed the sin, although they offended God by not obeying his boundaries or, or, you know, remaining in the boundaries that he set, the parameters that he set, he, he set, God was still so gracious, man. But in verse 21, it reads, and the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. Listen, God, although they sinned, God was still so gracious and he was still a provider, OK, like I know that religion tells us that, oh, if you sin, like you're not going to be blessed, like God's not going to help you out anymore. Um, you know, you just got to figure out things for yourself and you're not righteous enough and you're not worthy enough to be, you know, per, you know, blessed by God. But although they sinned, you know, God already knows. So, like, let's just come to him and and just be open about what we did and, and where we fell short at so he can help us. 21, when he clothed him, I'm just like, man, God, you're so good because you could have let them hang in with their, their, um, 
their little fig tree, little um, leaves they had going on. You could have left them just like that. Like, all right, y'all go fend for yourselves because since y'all didn't want to listen to what I had to say and feel like y'all know everything, since y'all have knowledge of good and evil, all right, go figure it out for yourselves. No, God still was so gracious that he still clothed them, that he still provided, that he's still a provider. See, sin doesn't change God. It doesn't change his character. It doesn't change who he is. It only affects us. He's not going to change by the fact that we change and the, by the fact that we've offended him. He still remains the same, that he is still loving. He is still gracious. He is still merciful. And I just wanted to say that because I don't want anybody to feel as though because they've sinned that they feel like now God is his character changes where he can't be a blessing, that he can't bless us anymore, that he can't um, provide for us anymore, that he can't still be gracious with us, that he still he never changes. Our sin doesn't change him. Our sin changes us. Our sin causes us to turn our backs to him. I want to just throw that out there. So he still provided for them. And I just think that is just so beautiful. And that just gave me goosebumps because, man, God, you're so good. Like, man, they didn't even deserve it. We don't even deserve it. But you still just you're still just so gracious. Right. Yeah. In Genesis 2, where it talks about how um, God told Adam, don't eat of this fruit, you know, don't eat of from this tree. Right. And he said that if you did, that you will surely die. You know that he told them that they will die. And the fact that they deserve that punishment because of the fact that they they did what um, God told them not to do. They deserve the punishment. But God was so merciful and so gracious that he didn't give them the punishment that they deserved. They deserved death, but he was gracious enough to just allow them to face consequences rather than the punishment. And I wanted to go in deeper about that. That punishment is, um, punishment comes from condemnation. That, you know, to condemn someone is basically to say that they are worthy of punishment, right? Or punishment is um, like a rough treatment, um, punishing because of an offense, right? The consequences, so punishment and consequences are two different things. Punishment is I'm punishing you because you are worthy of, of being punished because of the fact that you offended me or um, you were, you know, you did something I said not to do. So you're going to get the punishment for it. The consequence is a result or effect of an action or a condition. So instead of the punishment that they deserved, God was merciful to not punish them and allow them to still face the consequences. And so this is where I wanted to just be clear that, you know, God doesn't punish us. We have free will. We get to decide if we are going to follow his will or not. Whichever we do, there's going to be a consequence. We follow his will. We have there's a consequence to it. There is a result of that action. And we realize that we get a reward for following God's will. You know, we we are we are blessed that we we have peace. We have joy from, you know, living in the boundaries that he set for us and living in the parameters that he set. When we go outside of those parameters and we are offensive to God, we offend God, we commit sin, there are still consequences. See, we should have been punished, but because God is so merciful, we don't get the punishment. We still face the consequences, though. OK, and I just wanted to just say that again, you know, that it's not because God is just mean and he's like, oh, you want to do that? All right. Boom. You're going to get this consequence. Ooh, boom. I'm going to punish you. No, 
It's it's whatever we do, whatever and, and in life, whatever you do, there's a consequence behind it. Whatever you do, there's a result. Whatever you do, if it's something good, there's an effect. You say you, you reap what you sow, right? So if you do good things, you reap good things. If you do bad things, you reap the bad things. That's just that's just life, you know? Outside of biblical context, we, we see that all the time that we we have scientists and, and people who who study the mind and study the body that, you know, they formulate this idea that you reap what you sow. You put good things into the world, you'll get um good things back. If you sow bad things into the world, then you'll get bad things back, right? So outside of biblical text, although I'm a biblical person, you know, it's, you know, other people who are not godly, they see this as well, right? So there are consequences. There are results and effects to the things that we do, the things how we act. There's a, it's always an, an effect to it, okay? So I wanted to just throw that out there again. And, you know, this podcast is for us to be one with Christ. So we are followers of Christ. Therefore, we do what he does. We we operate in, in how he operates, right? And so I asked God, I said, okay, God, when Jesus came in his ministry here on this earth, where did, how did he deal with sin? You know, when sin happened in front of him, how did he deal with it? So that way, when us as believers, us as followers of Christ, how do we react to sin? You know, what should we be saying? What should we be doing? Um, how does he feel about it, right? And so I went to John chapter eight and this is it's not even a parable. This is what actually happened of a woman who was caught in adultery and the religious people, the Pharisees at the time, they, you know, dragged her from wherever she got caught at and brought her in front of Jesus and was like, listen, this woman just got caught in the act of adultery. And the law of Moses says that we should stone her. So what should we do? Um, I'm going to read it from verse six. So John chapter eight, verse six in the NLT version translation, it reads that they were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I go and sin no more. We've, we've probably heard of this. You know, we probably heard of this, um, this story, this text, right? And um, I just love Jesus in this. Like, I don't know. Like, I put a note in my Bible and I'm like, when he stooped down and he was writing in the dust, I'm like, Jesus, what are you writing? Like, what what is going on? Like, why did you stoop down? Like, what is going on? Right. You know what they wanted? The Pharisees, the religious people, they wanted for Jesus to agree that she needed to be stoned. They wanted to con they wanted for him to condemn her, you know, being that he says that he's from God, he's the son of God. And so they're like, okay, well, since you're the son of God, you know, God doesn't like people to sin or to be offended. And so then she needs to be punished. You know, that's what they were looking for. They wanted to see her punished. And Jesus literally stooped down and began to write in the dust. And I was asking, I said, God, what were you writing? Like, what was happening at the moment? What were you thinking? What were you doing? And, you know, I just thought of um, the fact that, you know, he was writing in dust. And you read in Genesis, Genesis 2, where God was forming humans, how he made humans he said that it was literally from the dust and he breathed life into the nostrils, 
right? So we we are created from dust. So the fact that he stooped down and was riding in the dust, it just, that's what I, it reminded me of that, you know, I, I believe that, I don't know, maybe Jesus went down. He like humbled himself in a sense. You stooped down that you're like kind of humbling yourself because everybody was standing and he's the only one who bent down and he's riding in the dust. And I, I feel like I could just see him like, Man, if only they knew that I created them, that, you know, it was out of the dust that they were formed and that, you know, I'm not here to condemn anyone that I'm not here to punish. Rather, I'm here to be a light that I'm here to show you how you can live life in in, in its fullness, that I created you to to have dominion, that that you are not. You don't need to be bounded by sin, that you don't need to be a slave of sin, but you can be a slave of life, that you can just follow me and and be a light as well. Like I could just see him maybe just, you know, thinking in the beginning because God, he, Jesus was there. He was there in the beginning. He knew when we were created and I could just, I don't know, like just sense him like going down and just being reminded of the fact that I created these people, like I created these humans and where did we go wrong? Like, where did we go wrong? You know, why are they wanting to punish each other? You know, why are they wanting to stone each other? And um, when he came back up, you know, he he was wise. And he asked them, the one who's never sinned, throw the first stone, right? And we know Jesus has never sinned. You know, he was holy. He was righteous. And um, because of that fact, you know, he had every right to throw the stone, right? Because he's never sinned. So he could have punished her. But then again, he 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 said that and he went back down and he went back to writing in, in the dust and, and writing in, in the dirt, right? And um, I don't know why I'm getting emotional, but it's just like I could just see him, you know, it's like he's trying to he's sympathizing with us or he's sympathizing with the woman. He's sympathizing with the situation that, you know, although he was pure, although he was righteous, although he was holy, that his mission wasn't to condemn anyone, that he wasn't here to punish anyone, but that he was actually there to redeem us. And so I just feel like him just being in the dirt and just touching the dirt was him just like kind of being reminded of why he was there, that he was in the beginning, that he was there when when he when they created humans, that when they created man, um, that we were created in God's image. And I can just see him just reminding himself that I I was there when you guys were created, that I created you and not to condemn you, not to punish you, and that I'm here, you know, his ministry, that the religious people wanted for Jesus to stone or wanted, you know, them to allow him to say, okay, yeah, she sinned, go ahead and stone them. But he wasn't there for that. He wasn't there to condemn anyone. He wasn't there to punish anyone. Rather, he was there to to convict people and encourage that they repent and um, teach them how they can be disciples and teach them. He was there to be an example. That's what God, Jesus was there to be an example, right? You know, I asked God, God, why were you on the ground? You know, why was that? And I don't know. I just feel like he was just sympathizing with us and he was just being humble, although he was so holy. And 
he came back up again and, and he told her, you know, he realized that um, in my King James Version, it says that when he came back up again, he realized that there was nobody there but the woman. And so it was just it was an intimate moment now where, you know, all the naysayers and all the people who wanted her stoned and and wanted to see a reaction from Jesus and and wanted to see her struck by lightning because of the fact that she sinned, they were all gone. And now it was just Jesus and the woman. He had every right again to stone her like he never sinned. You know, he was holy. He was unspotted. But instead of you know, religious people wanting to be like, see, look what you did. See, you almost got stoned or see, you know what I mean? Like try to remind us as to why we didn't get punished or, you know, try to tell us like, oh, look, like I'm going to let you go. You know what I mean? Like he literally just told her, okay, I, you know, I don't condemn you. And he said, go and sin no more. That's, 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 oh, like, man, like, why he got so good? Like, why are you so good, Jesus? Like, why you love us so much? Um, you know, we deserve sometimes the punishment, man. But because he's so merciful, he withholds punishment. But again, we still have to face the consequences. And his message is go and sin no more. And that should be our message to people who comes to us and um sin or, you know, they fall short or Living in sin, it's it's our message is to tell them that, listen, what sin is doing is hurting you. Sin has your back face towards God, and it's hindering your side of the relationship with him. He's still the same. He is still the same. His character is still the same. He's still loving. He's still gracious. He's still, he's still merciful. But we can't receive all of that because of the fact that our back is turned towards him and are in darkness. So what happens is that um, in the boundaries that God has set, he he has that's light. Right. In, in his in his realm, in his boundaries, in his what he set, there's light. God is light. So when we go outside of those boundaries, we are stepping into darkness. And that's where the sin happens. He realizes that. And it's like, listen, when you are sinning, you are, you know, turn away from God. And so our message is to tell these people, listen, go and sin no more. Yes, we can convict them. I may say something that may convict you. And, you know, that's good because I'm not coming to condemn you. I'm not coming to say that you're you need to be punished or trying to punish you. My message is to tell us, listen, we need to repent and turn back to God because he's still there. He's just waiting for us. You know, he wants to help us. He doesn't want us leaning on our own understanding, because if we do that, will always fail, but he never fails. And so we have to lean towards him. And, um, you know, he's so faithful, man. Um, in Micah 7 verse 19, it talks about confess our sins to God. He is so merciful that he literally throws whatever we did, that offense to the sea, you know, in the oceans and that we call that the sea of forgetfulness. He forgets what we did. He forgets what happened. Um, but just because he forget it, just because he he's merciful and we don't have to face that punishment. He doesn't punish us. There is still a consequence that we have to face. If we didn't face consequences for our actions, we would be a bunch of spoiled brats. What we would do, like in Proverbs, how it talks about, you know, like a foolish man going back to his foolish things is like a dog returning back to his vomit. Like that's nasty and it's foolish, you know? So if there were no consequences to our actions, what we would see is that we would always offend God's sin, come back to him, repent and say, God, forgive me. 
you know, he'll forgive us. We, there's no consequences to the to our actions. And then we just go back doing the same thing over and over and over and over again, right? Insanity. And a bunch of spoiled brats. You know, like, God, how, God, how, can, how can you trust someone who you know is going to go back and do the same thing again? But when we face the consequences, what happens is that we do something and we're like, man, I did it like that before and I had to go through this. So what we're not going to do is do that again because I realized that there were consequences to my actions. You know what I mean? So it builds character in us. You know, it, it, it builds wisdom. We, we we're more we're more wise now to not do the things that we realize are consequential. You, real, you know, um, and so. That's that's why, you know, God is not raising up a bunch of spoiled brats. That's not God. Like God not nah, he ain't on that. Like he not he not he's not on that. Um, you know, he wants us to be wise. He wants us to have character, have self-control, um, to be loving, kind, patience, like all that, right? That's the fruit of the spirit, and this is what God wants for, for us. And we have to go through things in order to polish these and to know that we have these fruits. You know, if you're never tempted, how would you know that you have self-control? You know what I mean? So, yeah, so all of that was just to say that, listen, don't think that you sinning is is affecting God or God is just not loving you the same anymore or um, that... Um, he just turned his back on you. That's not that. You know, he's still willing. You know, he's still there to to have relationship with you. He's still there to communicate to you and tell you things and to provide for you and to bless you. He's still there. God is just so good. He's so gracious. Um, but sin really hurts us. It really affects us. We are the ones who are highly affected by sin. And that's why God doesn't want us to sin. That's why he tells us not to sin. That's why he informs us of the boundaries and in, in, to keep us safe. So that we wouldn't have to experience the consequences that comes with sin, okay? And that's why, you know, we shouldn't sin. And, and you know, those who, you know, I don't actively sin. You know, we I know many of us, we probably don't actively sin. But there are still things that we do that are still offensive to God. For example, um, I will be somewhere. And, you know, I'm a very introverted person. So I can come off really shy and I don't like to be the first to speak up and sometimes I'll feel led to um, introduce myself to someone or to speak to someone but then I'm like "Mm, no like because you know my introverted side and I will feel really convicted and to to me that's a sin right because if I'm being led to do something that's me then being disobedient if I don't do it or if I feel you know convicted or Going against my conscience, you know, we read that in James that, you know, if you if you know what's good and you don't do it, then that's a sin. Right. So I know what I should have been doing. But because the fact that I didn't do it's a sin, I know you're listening. You're like, Samantha, what? That's crazy. Are you serious? You're thinking too deeply about it. But when you like begin to mature in Christ, you know, you realize each and every day that you still fall short, that there are still things that you do that is still offensive to God. Right. Um, I know we like to highlight a few of the sins and we feel as though if we're not doing those sins, then we're good. You know, okay, I'm not having sex. so I'm good. I'm not killing anybody. You know, I'm not stealing. You know, I'm not, um, you know, rolling my eyes to anybody or I'm not using God's name in vain. So I'm good over here. But we just highlight those sins for some reason because we see that often. But there's so much more. Again, sin is whenever we offend God. So whenever we do things that is not in his character is basically offending God, right? So then that's a sin. Um, So, you know, 
again, you know, we being one with Christ, we know we're not actively sinning, but each and every day, you know, I get into my word and I realize that I do, I do something that is, you know, quite offensive to God that I didn't realize in the past. And so now that I'm aware of it, I walk and I do things differently. And so, you know, I want to encourage you, you know, if you've fallen, you know, or you you currently are on the ground because you sinned and you felt like, you know, God doesn't love you anymore or that you've let him down. No, get up. It says this, the, the righteous man falls seven times, but he gets back up. It's it's not the fact that we fall that counts. It's, the, it's when we get up that counts. Right. Because it's it, again, it, it doesn't change God. God is still the same. It affects us. Now we see ourselves as unworthy when we are down. We feel as though we're helpless. We feel as though we're not qualified. You know, it's just all these different things that we feel when we've sinned and we're on the ground. But I'm here to encourage you to get up. You know, God wants you up. He's still wanting to talk to you. He's still wanting to tell you things. He's still wanting to bless you and, and, and be gracious and favor you. You just got to get up to receive them. You know, turn your back, repent, um, and, and, and look to God, okay? Um, come to him. You know, don't, don't be foolish. Don't go back to, to what you repented from because then, you know, God is, he can't be fooled. You know, he's, he can't be fooled. That's it. Like, he can't be fooled. So don't stop fooling yourself and stop thinking that you're fooling God because he can't be fooled. That's it. Um, so if you are truly repentful and you truly want to do right, then then give him that, you know, show him that, tell him that, you know, repent of what you're doing, repent of your sins and follow after God, you know, stay in that boundary of light, stay in that parameters that he set for us is not to kill us is not to, you know, kill our vibe and, and, and um, for us not to have fun, but it's to protect us because he knows what it means to sin and he knows that it affects us and it draws us away from him. It, it wants us to hide ourselves. Okay. Um, I love y'all so much. And I just wanted to come here and just, you know, say that. And um, we are to be like Christ. And so we have to walk in his light we have to be led by him um if you continue on and reading in john 8 the verse um the next verse after that was talking about how you know god is the light and so if we follow him then he would lead us into life and he he's here jesus came so that we can have life in life more abundantly right and so um we have to follow him in order to experience life that in the beginning when God created us, he he breathed life into our nostrils so that we can experience life. And so it's through Christ that we can experience that. So we have to walk like Christ, be like Christ. Right. Um, when he came, he, he knew that um, he had a job to do and that he didn't come to condemn, but he came to lay his life for us. He came and gave himself as a ransom so that we can experience life, so that we would not be a slave to sin, right? Um, so that was what Jesus did. He didn't come to condemn us, but he came so that we can have a way. He came so that he can be a path. He came so that he could lead us and show us what it means to live life and, and to have life and experience life abundantly. So, Listen, kingdom citizens, go and do that. Be the light, you know, follow Christ, be led by him so that we can experience life and realize that sin hurts us, that sin hinders our relationship with Christ, that God never changes, but we change. You know, we're the ones who fall short. We're the ones who aren't worthy. You know, we are the ones who are not qualified. And so, you know, we experience more of that when we are living in sin and we when we are outside of his boundaries. So come into his boundaries, come 
and live according to the parameters that he set for our life because he loves us. He loves us a lot. He's gracious. He's merciful. I love y'all. I love y'all. And again, thank you for listening. Um, again, I apologize for the late upload. You probably won't even realize I'm just talking and telling on myself. Um, but um, all right, be blessed. And I'll talk to you guys next week.